0: Running the bases with small businesses. I'm Randy Rohde, and I have a passion to work with small businesses, and I love baseball. So I thought, hey, let's bring them together. So every episode, I sit down with local entrepreneurs, business builders, and small business owners to talk about their wins and whiffs, their tools of the trade, and to give actionable tips to other business managers. We'll cover the bases with entrepreneurship, operations, sales, digital marketing, innovation, plus a little fun baseball talk. Thanks for joining us today. Settle in, grab your Cracker Jacks, and you know what they say Play ball! All right, Gary, take it away. That's, I don't know the guy's name really. It's not Gary. I don't know. I don't know who he is, but you know, <laughs> it's just a good sound. It sounds good, but he's got a good finish at the end. That's <laughs> good. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, I'm Randy Roddy, and uh, you're listening to Running with the bases, uh, running the bases with small businesses. This morning, I've got uh, a great guest, uh, Phil Rankin from Even Mix and uh, a few other companies, and maybe we might hear a little bit about uh, what they are. So, Phil, great to have you. Yeah,
1: good morning. Thanks uh, for having uh, me. Yeah,
0: very good. It is morning, so Phil and I, you you (laughs) know, this is kind of great to do the show because Phil and I are both kind of morning guys, and we have the same hairstyle, so we don't have to worry about, um, you know, getting... uh, Low maintenance. eh, Low maintenance is right, so we're (laughs) Or no maintenance. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So, Phil, even mix. What in the world is even mix?
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks. So, uh, yeah, so even mix is basically a, a. We looked at like the mixing industry and saw, you know, what was missing out there, what customers were looking for. And we designed and patented a 3D mixing blade with. Verbal pitch. So basically we mix, uh, drums, IBCs, containers up to, we say a thousand gallons, but you know, we can go a little more than
0: that. And so, yeah, we're providing an a, a good mix to liquids. That's interesting. So I'm going to pull back and I was waiting. I, I thought for sure you were going to say bung because <laughs> I'm like, okay, we got to We got to like define some, some terms here. So So when you're saying this 3D mixing technology and IBCs, you know, because and I will be totally a friend. Phil and I work together; he's one of our clients, and so we we have a lot of fun stuff. But he did have to educate me a little bit. I'm like, what the heck is this bung thing? Um, So what? So what? When you're saying 3D technology and the mixing, I mean, I. I guess I don't think about it from those terms or the average person may not. So can you what is that? What is the IBC tote as well? I think is a whole Uh, nother concept.
1: No problem. I'll even define bone too. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) For our listeners' benefit. So uh yeah, so three D mixing is basically, you know, a lot of mixers go just vertically. And whatever comes up must go down. So it creates a big vortex, sucks a bunch of air. And so we go 3D, meaning horizontally, vertically, and circumferentially. So we create a lot of circulation around in the container, which makes for a good mix. So that's that one. The uh, The IBC is a intermediate bulk container. It's basically those big, like, plastic cubes that everybody sees outside of a plant. It's like four feet by four feet by four feet, usually an aluminum cage. So that kind of, uh, you know, carries a lot of liquid, about 300 gallons. Mm. And, of course, there's drums, which are 55 gallons. And on those drums and on IBCs, there is uh, what they call a bung. A bung is basically the opening. Be it on the top, be it on the side, wherever it is, a bung is a fitting, it's an opening.
0: Ah, so it's the the little round, the, the what, probably like two or three inch diameter.
1: Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, to draw them anywhere from like three quarters of an inch up to two inches. And oh, okay. then on an IBC, they're pretty much always six inches. They can
0: be nine inches, but pretty much six. Okay. All right. So, um, who are your customers for this kind of technology? I mean, for this particular thing that you do? Big chemical companies, I mean, it can be a whole variety of things. Different industries, you know,
1: from paint to chemicals to uh, especially like a lot of ag chemicals as well. Um, uh, Food industry, uh, you know, as of late, we've really gotten into hand sanitizer, you know. So it's a pretty broad, broad reach, really. I mean, once you start getting into it, I mean, people mix a lot of stuff. You know, food, we mix honey for a company in Arkansas, you know, different flavors into honey. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that gets mixed,
0: you know, in business. And I know, you know, you've gone to business school and, you know, people always talk even at the very basic level, they say, Hey, you need to find a problem, uh, that an mm-hmm. industry or a consumer has create a solution mm-hmm. and then go present it and sell it and make gobbles of money. Um hopefully that's all working for you. So, um, so tell me about, I guess the process, you know, for even mix and, and what your approach was, how did you identify what the problem was and, and maybe Mm -hmm. even a little bit of what that problem was. And then how did you begin to, you know, really kind of fabricate, engineer the solution for it? Sure.
1: Yeah. So, so actually I, uh, so I bought these businesses, you know, kind of, uh, three different businesses bought them all like right around 11 and 12 is I, so I kind of, you know, I didn't start from scratch, start from nothing. I bought these businesses and they kind of had the Genesis of the idea for EvenMix, And I saw it as like, okay, I hear I can buy a business, you know, which does kind of a commoditized service, you know, but they have this niche idea and that's what I was really after. And, you know, when I got kind of into it, I would say that, you know, they were very, they're into the very basics of the, uh, of solving the problem. And we've just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's just kind of, you know, my personality, it's like, I'm, I'm good at like taking something and taking an idea and optimizing it and taking it, you know, way farther beyond than it is at the very beginning,
0: but you know, I'm an optimizer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, let me ask, you know, this, because you kind of opened this door a little bit. So I guess maybe tell us about how you did get started. How, you know, I know you've got a great business background and through a lot of different experiences, but so maybe if you'd like, kind of walk us through a little bit of some of your life experiences and business and kind of your journey through entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. That is a, uh,
1: an open door and I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, my uh, you know my
0: my my background, my education. So I grew up in Iowa, and uh, uh, and now it was, some people may know, but yeah. So so Phil and I really kind of grew up in the same neighborhood. Kind of, I grew up in Nebraska, so we we're kind of across, across the river, across the river, and uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so there's good. so there's a lot of fun banter that yeah. goes on there all the yes, time,
0: especially during college football season, yeah. <laughs>
1: especially. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, grew up in Iowa, you know, not quite a farming family ourselves. You know, we lived on 60 acres, you know, which for us is just kind of a gentleman's farm. And, uh, you know, I showed quarter horses and had, had, uh, you know, animals around, cattle around and stuff like that. So got into business, like right out of school, uh, having a bachelor's in accounting, my whole family are accountants. So it's kind of dinner table conversation for me. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's, <laughs> super exciting yeah my wife Kristen just loves it it's <laughs> some of the first like uh, Christmases she, we'd go back for she's like if your family talks about taxes one more time <laughs> she's like I brought some board games with us this time we're gonna whip them out <laughs>
0: so holy imagine you yeah. need a lot of wine for <laughs> <isn't it? laughs>
1: exactly luckily thank God my my sister you know had the had her first son you know so then it's then kids entered the picture and it's like no more tax talk. Right, right, it's all get. kids after that. <laughs> Always, But, uh, but anyway, so background in accounting, yeah. Like a MBA university of Chicago, I was there doing some work. So I did like, you know, fortune 500 work for big companies, manufacturing companies for about 20 or 25 years, you know, great background for me. I learned a lot, you know, from a few of those experiences, you know, both good and bad. You know, I, Uh, Definitely went through some tough times with those companies, hostile takeovers, um, you know, turnaround stories. I mean, I got drugged behind the bus a lot, you know, which is where I I learned a lot. Um, And, you know, finally kind of culminating, you know, which is what got me to the Cleveland area. You know, I'd moved around a lot here in the States and then even into Canada as well uh, doing turnarounds and stuff. And so what got us to Cleveland you know, working for a different Fortune 500 company is like a division CFO for about a billion, billion eight company in sales. Uh, so pretty good sized company. So I was like, you know, maybe two feet wide and a mile deep, I would say. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty deep into like, you know, my functional thing being a division CFO. And it was a pretty hardcore company. You know, we always say it was like GE on steroids, aerospace type business and pretty hardcore is traveling a lot. Uh, so basically then, you know, we have like a a new segment president that comes in. We are division leadership segment president comes in and, and, you know, basically kind of cleaned house with us. So all of a sudden I'm like out of a job, you know, out of a job, uh, you know, which had never happened to me before. So that was a big enough shock into itself. You know, I've got little kids, you know, and this is right before Christmas. I got little kids, you know, they're looking at me and to kind of, you know, take it even further. I had a, uh congenital heart defect, you know, that I'd known about for a while. It's like one valve has two flaps instead of three. A lot of people have it. But as soon as I came to Cleveland in about 2006, they said, you know, Mr. Rankin, um, for the people that have this, uh, this bicuspid valve, they said about, you know, like 15% of them also have an expanding, you know, a growing an aneurysm growing, you know, in one of their arteries. So of course they looked, I had it too. And yeah, so that was a little mm. frightening and they'd been watching it for a while. But of course, right, you know, when I got let go, it's like, it's to this size, the probability of death is going up exponentially. So you need to have open heart surgery. I don't wow. think you knew this. did you? I
0: did not know that.
1: Yeah. So all of this kind of happened at once. So out of a job having heart surgery, you know, I'm like 40 years old. I'm like, Hey man, it's like, I work out, you know, I, I take care of myself. I eat well. It's like, why am I having heart tree? This This is not fair. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was kind of a tough period to go through certainly, but what I did, it's like, you know, kind of coming out of it, you know, seeing that look in my kid's eyes of fear, it's like, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's like, you know, working for the man, you know, working for a big company. It's like, I'm, I'm done making money for other people. It's time for me to make money for us and to expand that grow it for the family. So I decided then it's like, oh, I'm going to find something, grow it, build it, and, you know, build something for the future. And and that's what I did. So basically, like, you know, later on that year, I kind of identified something to acquire a few businesses to acquire and, and kind of went on with it. You know, I did get a job, you know, for a little while here in Cleveland, but basically that's what I launched into. And, you know, God bless my wife, Kristen, you know, she, <laughs> she always says, she's like, you know, you had that look in your eye and she's like, I knew you were going to go for it. And it's like, so we were in for the journey. Wow. Good or bad. That and is a great story. Yeah. So we, we embarked on it. And I mean, that's, you know, to this day, I mean, that's what I do it for. I mean, I, it's called legally, we're called Triad capital group. Why Triad capital group? Cause I have three kids, you know, and for me as an accountant as a finance person. It's always about options, right? So it's like, you know, my plan is to grow this, And then, you know, at the end of the day, because, you know, hey, I'm not going to be around forever. I want, you know, my wife and kids, you know, to have options like they can work in it. They can sell it. They can do whatever they want. You know, I I, it's my objective to kind of build a good, you know, investment that has perpetuity to it. You know, kind of a growing investment. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, I love doing the small business stuff. I've been doing it since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So it's been going on for a long time. You know, it began way back in Iowa on the school bus. You know, Mm. my very first business was actually uh, um, doing like custom paint jobs on Matchbox cars.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) I have not heard that one, but that's a great, uh, (laughs) nice little entrepreneurial pitch as well. Uh,
1: It's a growing market. I'm thinking about getting back into it. (laughs) I
0: I think it probably could be. Um, How did you go through the process of I, I guess maybe finding and selecting um, uh, the companies that you purchase. Cause I, there's a group here in Cleveland. I don't know if you're familiar with them called promise partners and mm. they do. It's out of a bunch of guys out of the, uh, the case business school and they essentially pull guys together and do kind of what you described. Well, mm. they are looking for businesses um, mm. as individuals um, to, to, essentially go buy and run and grow and operate and, and create some real equity. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so how did you do that? So there's that group that kind of does it and they support each other and kind of help, you know, try to find this stuff. How did, how did you do this? Were you on your own? Did you like, Hey, I'm going to go scour Cleveland and figure out what's out there.
1: Yeah. It's uh, you know, I mean, I knew a couple people that had done things similar to this, Um, You know, it definitely helped me that I had a background in accounting because you know I can read financial statements pretty quickly and like get a feel for like okay at least of what's on paper. It's like this is what I'm seeing in the business. You still need to talk to them and figure out what's going on. But um, so I I just started networking. I mean, be it with individuals through like business brokers, through groups like the one you mentioned there. I mean, you know, there's a big M and A activity, a big M and A group in general, like around Cleveland and a lot of people that you can bump into with this stuff. So I did a lot of networking and, and you know, I found each one of my three businesses a different way. You know, the first was through, you know, a friend of a friend. Second was through a uh, broker, you know, third was through an ad and I saw on like an online, you know, online uh, listing. So all three for were different. Okay. Yeah and it was it was very interesting you know I, yes I do have kind of a uh unique skill set where like okay I have accounting it's like I've done turnaround stuff with uh, corporations so you know I was kind of like a one man M&A team and you know I was funding it with my own money you know and money from the bank you know Huntington was good to step in and help me out so you know it's uh I just kind of was a one-man wrecking ball and in the strategy you know thought about it a lot myself talked to my friends about it uh you know talked to my wife about it you know we're very different personalities so we come at things from very different ways and you know it helped me out
0: a lot just to just to hash it out a lot with somebody else wow that's that really is impressive so yeah you you sought out you picked up three different companies i'm assuming kind of at three different times you know and transactions Mm um i'm not sure on the on the timeline of that are they all winners? Did you all like, you know, hit it out of the park and everyone, or did you have one that was, uh, (laughs) Oh
1: yeah. high and fast. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So three, three companies all bought for different reasons. Um, and one of them, yeah. Oh no. It's like, I, I basically flushed a hundred grand down the toilet for like five years in a row. And then finally it was like, That's it, Phil. It's like you can't save everything. You can't fix everything. It's over. You know, shut that part down. But, you know, I will say, you know, yeah, a lot of it is you hear how much is luck, how much is hard work. Well, you know, uh, even out of that one where it was like kind of that business wasn't a business I could continue However, it's like the technology in it, as it turns out, it's okay. So one company kind of had the design and the ability to make these these uh, mixing blades were a metal stamping house and metal forming house, uh, special metal stamping and the the other one that I had American assembly tools, it's like pneumatic tools. Well how do you drive these mixers? Pneumatic motors. So you know we know how to make air motors. we know how to make planetary gear sets. We have all that technology, so we can do it, and we add electricity to it. We do DC motors, and I've also been very lucky where I have some good partners. Let's say when I acquired the business, there was a gentleman there. He's very interesting. He's in his late 80s. His name is Dan Shremo. He's my R&D guy, and he's a former NASA launch engineer, so he is sharp, man. That guy is Really sharp, very smart. You know, a lot. Uh, half of our conversations are in numbers. You know, <laughs> it's. But <laughs> uh, as an accountant, you're probably like, "Hey, I love this. This is like, yeah, yeah. Let me get my slide rule out." And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like he's speaking my language. <laughs> but you know, just an incredible with physics and engineering, and I mean, he helped me a lot. Like design the, but well, I, I mean, I put his name on the patent. I'm not on the patent. I put his name on the patent. We. Mm-hmm you know, we patented the, the blade design and he's on it. Dan's on it. Hmm. So, I mean, it took some people like that, you know, I'm the, I'm the pusher, you know, they're like, oh yeah, we have this air motor business. I'm like, hang on. I'm like, we need to figure out how to get that. Oh, it's not going to work. I'm like, it is going to work. You know, I can guarantee you it's going to work. We need to find a way how,
0: well, that's terrific. You had a great vision and the way that it's worked then, so that you've got some great synchronicity between, um, the businesses integration, help each other and, uh, continue to grow from that. That's, uh, fortunate or planned or a little bit of luck sometimes. Sometimes the the best businesses are because it's a little bit of luck or you were there when the opportunity was. You were ready, I guess, is what this statement is. You're ready when the opportunity comes and that can drive your own luck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say ready. It's like that. That's a big part of a lot of it is, you know, your mindset, how you approach things, Right, right. you know, another other parts like, of course, like, do you have the intelligence? Do you have the horsepower to back it up? Which, you know, I'm not sure that I do, but I have the, <laughs> I have the hard work. <laughs> I'm willing to work hard on it. So it's like, you know, I, I kind of, I've always relished and I do good in situations where there's change, where there's uncertainty. It's like, I get kind of that fear behind me. I, I experience it, I go through it, but I get through it quickly. And then I move on to, all right, Now what are we going to do?
0: You threw out a phrase uh, that I wanted to to go down as well, which was mindset. And, Mm -hmm. um, the mindset is, um, I don't want to say challenging, but it's always, um, you, you do have to have a certain mindset. And I think it's uh, as a challenge for a small business owner, because often you are the guy at the top, right? You're the boss, you're the leader. Um, and as you begin to think about your business and is it working, is it not working? What direction should we go? you know, often you're not going to go have those conversations, uh, depending upon, you know, with the team that you've built around you. And so how do you keep on, on track with the right mindset and, and that sounding board, where do you find that? What, what have you found as a business owner kind of in that seat now? What do I do now? Who do I talk with?
1: I'll tell you that, that's a, that's a great question because for me, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I'm an accountant by training. And so as you could imagine, it's like, you know, and sure, I was born in 1970. So growing up in that time, it's like, you know, my parents went through tough times here and there. I had no idea, no idea. They tell me about these things later. I'm like, what happened? You know,
0: <laughs> how, how
1: come I didn't know anything about this? You know, they really shielded us for, you know, my sister and I from a lot of this and they kept a lot of it to themselves. So, number one, that's my upbringing. Number two, you know, I'm an accountant. So it's like my brain is kind of wired to like, let's keep, you know, let's keep it, let's solve it. You know, it's all a Rubik's Cube going off in my mind all the uh-huh. time. But one thing, you know, that I learned kind of early on uh, with a group, you know, so there's an entrepreneur's organization, a group I'm involved with, that has helped me a lot. And a lot of it is because you talk a lot about your feelings, you know, your feelings and what are you feeling in this situation? It is that group of like, okay, they're all business owners. We get together once a month and we talk about a lot of aspects like, you know, personal, family, business, community, what's the the best, what's the worst, what's the 5% of stuff, that we're not telling anybody else. We're not telling our family. We can't talk to our friends. Who do we talk to about this stuff? And so it is a lot of those challenges and a lot of it is we experience share a lot. We don't say like, "Randy, you should do this." It's like, "Well, Randy, you know, that's an interesting challenge you're up against. I faced that before, and in my experience, I did this. And I'll share my I'll share this gift with you. I'll share the, my experience with you and tell you exactly what happened, and this is what I did, and maybe like I killed it. It were great or Man, I went down in flames. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, it was bad.
0: That is such a great way to share information or advice, I think. And, and yeah. I, I um, know my wife will attest to this. I do not like criticism. I I really bristle. But I do want it, though. Right. <laughs> I, w- I want to hear some feedback. That is such a great way and like kind of non... Um, you know, it, it doesn't put the person feel like they got to be defensive about anything. It's like, right. you know, I understand your challenge. I've dealt with something similar. Right? Oh, yeah. and, uh, that's a great way. Um, I love that.
1: Yeah. And it, you know, yeah, we talk about like these groups, it is like just, it's amazing connection experience to like have somebody share their experiences with you. And you're like, Oh, you know, man as Hey, as a business owner, it's like, you know, obviously like COVID-19, we're all, everybody in the world is in this, but you know, let's say for argument's sake, it's like my COVID-19 began like a year ago. You know, I had a customer that lost a piece of business. And of course, and that trickled right down to me and hit me and it was a big piece. So man, I've been struggling for a year. And it's like, as you're going through that, you feel like you're on an Island. It's like, Oh, you know, and as an entrepreneur, you know, I do this and I'm sure a lot of others do it. I identify a lot of it with my personal self-worth. You know, it's like business is doing is, you know, not doing well. It's like, I'm an idiot, you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I take a lot of it personally, you know, and it's hard not to. Right. But, you know, with this group, it's like you share experiences and they're like, hey, in, this, in the downturn in 08, this is what I went through. And, and so they've helped me a lot with that, my EO group and, you know, just other coaches like, you know, Detroit, Todd Palmer, he helped me some. You know, he helped me at the beginning of COVID-19 kind of flip my mindset real quick You know, so by sharing that and by also a big part of that is you share experiences and I can't control what you do, Randy, but I can control my own mindset and I can control how I approach things. And instead of a situation, it's like, you know, instead of saying, well, Randy did this, Randy did this, it's like, you know. Just take it all on myself. What can I do? You know, what can I do to influence the situation? What can I do? You know, how am I getting in the way? Let me get myself out of the way. Let's let Randy flourish and do this thing. Maybe, maybe our situation isn't going good because I'm constraining you somehow. Well, How can I get you in the right spot to where we're
0: all better off? Yeah, I, you know, I think that's such a great message. And especially in today's environment, today's world, because you you mentioned the COVID-19 and so many small businesses are just like shaking. Right. I, I remember when, you know, all of this sudden kind of that mid-March, you know, like the 15th, 16th of March or something like that, when things started shutting down, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be horrific. And, yeah. uh, that very next week I started calling our clients directly. Hey, let's talk about this. How is this going to impact? What can we do for you? How can we ramp up and, and really think about, um, our marketing and our strategy in a different way in this particular environment? And I have to tell you, these people were afraid. I mean, yeah. and, um, And rightfully so, you know, because all of a sudden, I don't know, I was in this boat, things were just humming along great and very happy in the direction. And then all of a sudden, completely out of their control. Oh, yeah. It just severed. Right. and. Similar. I had to kind of go through a process of, I was mad. You know, you kind of go through this grieving kind of process. I was mad. And then, and then eventually I remember I was working on a Saturday here in the office and I came home and I told uh, my wife and said, Kathy, I finally, I'm, I'm over it. I got it. I'm of the mindset now that uh, now I'm going to control it. What can I do to figure this out and go forward and find the opportunity in it? And it it's hard to do that, and especially oh, yeah. when you're running a business day to day and you're in the the weeds of it, if you yep. would. See, I held my tongue there. I was almost gonna say something different. Um, <laughs> and and you you know you're trying to figure this out. It's so easy to be so myopic and yep. not and not get over it. And yep. and it's hard. That mindset is hard. And so I guess the lesson in this segment of the conversation is. Find people you can talk with safely and and honestly, and yeah. be as transparent as you can. I think, uh, right in that, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I like I said, it's not natural for me, but you know, I've definitely learned. It's like, hey, you know, the more the more open I am, and the more transparent I am about my feelings and my situations, you know, then I find a relation to other folks, and it comes back to me quickly. Yeah. You know, very quickly, it comes back to me, yeah. and you know, so you remind me of I, you know, I did couple things. So first, you know, I, I did a, you know, a post kind of at the beginning of the COVID-19, you know, Facebook, and it was just what I was thinking at the time. And I, and I don't do that a whole lot. And I said, you know, I don't have a fever, you know, I don't have shortness of breath. I I don't have any of the signs of COVID except for fear. You know, that that's the only symptom I really have. And you know what? It's like, I'm not going to let that get me down. So fear is not going to hold me down. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people are like, right on, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I hear what you're saying and I'm with you, man. Yeah, And yeah. that was great. I mean, yeah. it made me feel really good just to express it. And then of course, as soon as I expressed it, <clears throat> I mean, I had it coming back to me in yeah. tenfold, 20 fold, 30 right. fold.
0: It was great. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, I remember that post, too. I thought, yes, you're right on. Right on target. All right, Phil. So it's that time of the game here. And it's time
1: for the seventh inning stretch.
0: Here we go. Now, Phil, do you like to sing? Sure, uh, sometimes, <laughs> not really. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm not going to make you sing uh, this morning. Uh, Thank you. I don't know that I want to hear that. <laughs> I don't um, think your audience uh, would appreciate I it. Think, I don't think so. <laughs> I, however, I do want to ask you a question. So, are you uh, uh, the more traditional kind of uh, seventh inning stretch kind of guy when it's when it's that time? Do you want to like get up and sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" or? Are you a more contemporary, you know, there's that other song that's gotten a lot of recognition out there now, that Sweet Caroline. Are you like, you know, that's a great song too, in the seventh (laughs) inning. Where where do you lean, traditional or contemporary?
1: You know, I would say that uh, I go with the crowd. Man, I'm in the moment. So when I'm there at, you know, where it is, wherever it is, Wrigley, Uh maybe even Comiskey, you know, (laughs) (laughs) wherever
0: it is. Yeah, I will tell you. So I was a lifelong Cubs fan, and I'm sorry, I love Cleveland as well. I rooted for the Indians. I still root for them every game when, yeah. when they play. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing like being at Wrigley when they're playing, you know, like, all right, everybody, you know, <laughs> let's get them, man-on-one. <laughs> you, yeah. You know, and they go through it. It's like, oh, that is that's <laughs> like, you know, nirvana right there. Absolutely. But I love that, being out of the crowd. And so – This is a great recording of exactly what they do at uh, a nemesis of the Indians there, the the Red Sox. But I love this song (laughs) in baseball. And, uh, you know, as people, the purists are going like, oh, but this song is like got such great crescendo and the crowd gets into it, right? Love this part. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, there you go. You know, how can you not? <laughs> you love can't. The, you can't help the, it. <laughs> yeah, you're just like. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's all. All fun. All right. That's great stuff. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the seventh inning stretch, we didn't do any singing, but we had a little fun anyway. So, that's all right. I got a few bump in there. We got a yeah 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 a <laughs> few cheers. All right. Uh, all right. So let's um, kind of get back to uh, the conversation here a little bit. Um, so. Let's talk a little bit about, um, marketing and where yeah. you find, so you're, you know, earlier on you talked about, you know, some of the different customer segments that you have, agricultural distilleries, mm-hmm. other industrial or commercial kind of uses. How do you reach those customers now? What is, what is kind of your strategy that, that, that you built in, in trying to connect with those folks?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it it is a little bit different for different industries, but, uh, you know the the one that we use a lot for, uh, you know, ag and. Ag and chemicals, and you know, especially yeah, this hand sanitizer, and I can talk about that. A quick pivot we did uh-huh. there a little bit. You know, when I when I started thinking about our business, you know, I can tell you way back to the very beginning. I thought, okay, so we're making this mixer, and you know, fifty-five gallons in IBCs. So you know, I could get a truck, I could get a trailer, I could get a air compressor, a generator, and I could you know be out in their parking lot, and you know, it's like, hey, Randy, why don't you come down out in the parking lot? and I'll show you how this thing works. Well, that's a little creepy, <laughs> like. <laughs> you're like, uh, Phil, are you going to kidnap me? And am I going right. to show up handcuffed, you know, in, in a, in a, in a, in a farm somewhere in Iowa or what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, all right, that's probably not going to work. So what's a, what's a great way to get our customers to be able to see what we're doing and experience it and, you know, it not be invasive on their day videos. So, you know, we've been shooting YouTube videos for a long time. So we've been shooting, producing those, putting them out there on our YouTube channel. That's a great way for us to reach people. Uh, you know, our website, we've been doing a lot of work on our website. We have an online store on our website. You can buy straight from there. You know, most people call in and I love talking to people. you know, I know, I know far more about mixing than I should. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you asked me 15 years ago, something about mixing, it's like, I, I don't know, stick a spoon in there and stir it up. Stir it up. You know, that's, that's all there is to do. <laughs> I know far more about it than I should really. Um, but you know, so we shot a lot of videos, you know, we've read on our website several times, you know, you work on your logo. Um, and then, you know, we did a lot of Google ads, you know, like paid, paid for clicks. So we've been doing that for a little while. Uh, you know, you and I have worked together obviously on SEO. So the more organic, like search engine optimization, writing blogs, doing those videos, produced videos, you know, you definitely, you stepped up our, our video production quite a bit anyway so it's like you know that seo and you know so for example it's like you know so like about eight weeks ago i got a call from a customer in dubai and okay phil you know looking at doing this and this and you know what are you going to be doing well i'm going to be making hand sanitizer this is on like a thursday or friday i'm like that's interesting you know because you're hearing we're just beginning to hear about covid hand sanitizer wash your hands i'm like like I said, I may not like see things a mile away, but when they're there, I get it, you know, and I know how to optimize it. So right that weekend, it's like wrote a blog, you know, pushed it out on FaceTime and LinkedIn. Uh, you know, obviously had it right on my website. Uh, and, you know, then within like Google Ads, created a little like Google ad campaign specifically for it. And yeah, it's like, you know, I don't I don't I don't nail everything right out of the chute, you know, like nobody does. Right. I mean, that's life. That's being real. Right. right. <laughs> so, I mean, sure. It's like, I put it out there and yeah, of course, like very first it's like, you know, one of my ad words, one of my keywords was like hand sanitizer, making hand sanitizer. Well, pfft, come on. It's like everybody in the world was Googling <laughs> that. So, I mean, I blew my entire budget in like five minutes on a word, you know, word that didn't even mean anything, but you know, you watch it, you know, you plan, do, right, check, right. act, you know, it's like I had a plan I did it. I, and then I checked it. It's like, no, that's not what I was going after. So I act. So I, you know, so I changed the words. So now I'm like mixing hand sanitizer, mix hand sanitizer. Well, I'm still getting huge amount of hits, you know, and it's the audience that I want. Uh-huh. So it's like now, now I'm talking all, you know, a lot of my day to like, hey, Phil, you know, this is such and such distillery from New Orleans. You know, it's like, hey, we're looking at making hand sanitizer, right. or like somebody in St. Louis or LA or, All over the U.S. and Europe and lots in Canada, you know, just around the world, Asia, you know, they're calling us because we're showing up, you know, on. We're showing up organically for mixing hand sanitizer. We're showing up with Google AdWords. You know, we're producing a video. You know, we got a video out there now for hand sanitizer. And it's like, I know a fair amount about it now. It's like, Mm. I didn't know that much three months ago. But, you know, for me, it's like I said, at the very beginning of COVID-19, it's like, sure, I had a lot of fear. It's like, but you got to get over that. You got to, you know, strap up your boots and keep moving, man. It's like, just keep running. Just keep running. Right. So fine we pivot we go on that and it, you know it's been a good market for us. Yeah
0: yeah. So you really kind of walk through a great description of the process from a strategy around content and utilizing content so as we optimize that content. To really take advantage of the the SEO, the, that search engine optimization, to really focus in on kind of the user intent when they're down at their computer and they're going to Google, you know, how does that user, what what is that inquiry string that they're typing in? you like, how do I mix hand sanitizer? You know, that's the phrase, you know, that we're, you know, we're trying to pick up and optimize the content around and then distributing that and through a lot of different uh, methods and getting, beginning to create activity from it in a lot of different ways. You talk about video. So one of the things as well, I have this conversation frequently and we plan this into the strategy with many of our clients, which is content creation. A lot of times it circulates around video because uh, video is so powerful, engages as you know, it's crazy numbers that you could throw out, you know, the significant higher frequency of engagement of users utilizing video. Um, they stay on your website longer. They watch it. They act on it. Um, I'm going to play a little bit. Um, this is uh, one of your videos. Um, and this is great.
1: Hi, Phil Rankin of Even Mix here to show you our drum mixer for closed heads. This 15 inch folding blade fits inside a two inch side bum. Watch and see how. The Even Mix closed head drum mixer is a revolution to the drum market. Never before have you been able to insert into a closed head a mixing blade as large and capable of mixing your liquids. The even mix is an answer to your mixing challenges.
0: There we go. Nice little sales pitch in there for you. That's I great. Think, I, think you even, I, I, I think you even say bung in that one. You know, and it's Who too, is that guy? He's yeah, right. awesome. Yeah, right. You know what? It is too bad this is a podcast because the video actually is terrific because you could see then, you know, we've got this transparent drum uh, with the blade going in and doing its mixing magic and this material is, you know, whirling around in there. And so you can see it all, you know, fabulous on the video. <laughs> So video is fabulous. It is absolutely a great medium. Uh, Here's the challenge that many of my clients are like, oh, and especially, so we're sitting in here in in our studio where we do a lot of videography. You know, I get clients, we shoot them, and this is inevitably, Mm -hmm. probably 97%. We look at it, oh my gosh, I don't look like that. I can't do that. No way, I don't sound like that. Do I really sound like that? You know And, and they completely freak out, and then they're almost ready just to kill the whole project. Oh. So, how did you get over yourself? Yeah, exactly. How did you like <laughs> overcome that? Because you actually do. I mean, before we started working, you already had quite a bit of uh, of a video library out there online. Yeah. How did you get over that? You just like, hey, I don't care. I'm a farm boy from Iowa, and I'm gonna yeah,
1: right on, man. I mean, you know, there's. <laughs> There's nothing you can't solve. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can, I mean, I could, I could find the solution to anything if I, if I really had to, you know, if I needed to. And, you know, I, I know I mentioned in the beginning, you know, I, I what's my why, you know, I do it a lot for my kids for growing. I, I involve them a lot in the business and, you know, my, my daughter, my daughter, Elizabeth, you know, she shot a lot of the videos with me, you know, and she worked with me. It's like, you know, Okay, technically I'm 49, although I'm saying I'm 48. I'm refusing to
0: <laughs> move forward at all. But. Do you get Do you get called Boomer? My, my 14 uh, year old son uh, calls me Boomer every other day. Okay, Boomer. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm like whatever, dude. I'm Generation <laughs> X. Yeah. It's like th- those are the older guys, Boomers. Well, like, unfortunately, I am Boomer, so <laughs> <laughs> just barely, just barely. You're just a little bit ahead of me.
0: Yeah,
1: but you know, po- point being, it's like you know, okay, so I'm almost in that, I'm almost in the 50 age, right? It's like so. I'm like, hey, Elizabeth, you know, my kid's like, what are your uh, what are your favorite YouTube videos look like? Like, who does it? Well, how do how do I do this? You know, and they're like, OK, dad, like, so we're going to set up like this. We're going to make it look like this. Or right. like, It doesn't matter what the rest of the plant looks like around right, you. Right. It's like it's just right here. And then I I'll tell you a perspective that I always try to take in the videos. It's like it's not just me and the camera. In my mind, I'm like reaching through that camera and I'm having like a personal conversation with, you know, whoever it may be, maybe Gus in New Orleans, you know, it may be anybody else. It's like, you know, I'm having a personal conversation. I get excited about mixers. (laughs) Maybe it's a little weird. Okay. You are an accountant. I I
0: see it. Yeah.
1: Maybe it is a little weird, but you know, it's what I've got, man it's what I'm working with. So I I have a lot of fun with it. You know, Uh, why not? Why not? You know,
0: so you've got a great story uh, uh, that you shared with me. So around those videos, uh, the, the video and the content that you've got online, um, uh, about how, what it has done for you from a recognition standpoint, I'll I'll, I'll lean (laughs) it into that maybe.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yes, I'm a, I'm a conservative Midwest accountant, blah, blah, blah. And I'm shooting these videos and I'm envisioning my way through the camera. And yeah, I was out at a client like in Texas. It was a few months ago and walking around there, we're going around the plant. And one of the guys like, Hey, it's like, that's a guy from the YouTube videos. <laughs> and they're like, man, you're awesome. And it's like, you know, we love watching those. It's like, wow, it's like, yeah. this is a strange feeling for me. And, and
0: didn't he call you like the mixer guy? You're yeah. the mixer guy.
1: Exactly. It's like, <laughs> you're that even mixed guy. You're the mixer guy. I'm like, right on. You know, I, I actually, I do have a friend here in Chagrin that calls me uh, like Sir Mix-a-Lot, you know. Oh, that's good, yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh,
0: the, we should add that to your card or on your door, right? Sir Mix-a-Lot or the Mixer guy. That absolutely. Would be good right on your I eyes. love it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, we laugh about that, but that's exactly, that is such a great example about building and expanding your brand. So video and content has that incredible reach well beyond anything that you think. So there's a guy down in Texas that knows, yeah. The Mixie. Uh, oh, yeah. The Sir Mixali. Right. <laughs> and but your stuff can go everywhere. You said you had a call from Dubai because oh, yeah. they saw that's the power, I think, of when you start strategically and intentionally building your brand. Uh, that's just a, a great, uh, great, great story with that. Yeah. Um, so in thinking about, you know, strategy and mm-hmm. and um, uh, as as a business leader. And I'm sure in your world and, and as focused, as intent as you are, you're thinking about and have to what's over the horizon, right? What's, mm-hmm. the, what's the next kind of piece? Uh, and um, that's another one of those challenges. One of the things that I always do the first conversation and first discovery meeting that we have with clients, I always ask them, hey, how do you see your business in three to five years? Mm-hmm. I'm always somewhat surprised that they really don't have a good response for that, Uh, Mm -hmm. that they, there's a lot of like, well, um, you know, they're so focused on, I I need, I want to grow our business, you know, this week, this month, you know, the next six months, this is what, you know, but you know, our approach is where do you want to be in three to five years? And that's how we're going to build, um, our strategy in order to get, make that happen. Um, and I think that it's really essential. Um, it's a hard skill, you know, it's a muscle you got to exercise, you know, to kind of stay focused on that listening to you here this morning, you've got that muscle, um, You know, so how do you approach it? Um, Do you have uh, some method or how do you approach strategy? And uh, I don't know um, what's down the road for you guys?
1: Very interesting question. So, you know, it brings a few things to mind for me. So, one thing, you know, I, when we talk about, I, I think that a lot of people get, you get stuck working in your business instead of on your business. You know, I was right, in the right. 10,000 small business, the Goldman Sachs program, you know, and a few years ago now. And a lot of that's focused on growth. And they're always saying, like, don't work in your business, work on your business. And that, you know, that's very true. It's like, I, I kind of, I liken it to, I'm always, yes, I'm always thinking about, it's like, where am I now? But, you know, of course, yeah, where am I going? And I I think like, you know, as a dad, you know, and in scouting and stuff, it's like, you're always thinking, where am I now? But I got to prepare for the future because like five minutes from now is not now. You know, two days from now is not now. It's a different situation. You know, it could be different weather. It could be different economy. Something's going to change. So you've always got to be thinking ahead. So sure, it's like, you know, even with like this hand sanitizer thing, well, man, it's, we're still, we're rocking in it right now. We're mm-hmm. just killing it. So we're having, I'm, I'm just, I'm not asking too many questions. I'm trying to keep up with it right now. And heck, you know, yeah, commitment to small business. You know, I'll tell you, I slept in my plant for like three nights right. over the last few weeks keeping keep a machine going. It's like, we got to keep making our deliveries. You know, we need to get these out of there. You know, it's a good business thing. And, you know, it's a good, it's a good, moral and ethical thing to right. do you know right. we're doing our part to help out you know so i'm happy to do that and it's like i want to keep making you know i can i can you can hear it in their voices it's right. they right. want them they need that stuff yeah. so it's like all right we got to get it out to them so i'm going to stay committed and do it it's not going to last forever you know i mean sure it's going to trail off over time it's not going to last forever so sure it's like i'm i'm you know i'm saying okay great i'm going to work this one hard and i'm going to use some of the money that i make from this you know, a bit of a time period and use it to grow, to like grow more into ag, you know, and get more. I mean, there's so much opportunity for us in the drum market, you know, with, with the big manufacturers here in the U S and that, you know, they've been around a long time. It's just a little harder to get new technology into them, you know, and we're the totally new technology, which is like, just kills what they've got right now. I mean, flat out kills it. Um, you know, but we, so we're growing into some of those areas. And like, like I said, ag, it's springtime, you know, right, you're right. in Nebraska on my, we both know. It's like, it is, it is go time in the Midwest. right on. <laughs> So, you know, and all those guys are waking up and are not waking up, you know, but they're getting in the or field.
0: They, they've been up for a while, Phil. Yeah. 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 yeah I know. <laughs> I
1: know it, it's a farmer genes. It, like it I, is, yeah. I always tell you, I mean, I woke up at four and those guys got up at three. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> they're always going to beat my cousins are always going to beat me up. So anyway, but you know, and they're, they're like pulling out this fertilizer that they bought in November. And it's been sitting there since November. It's all settled out. And now it's like, all right, I need to use this stuff. It's like, uh, I got to mix it up somehow. So, of course, it's like, you know, stick an air wand in it, you know, shake it around a lot. It's it's never going to work very well. Maybe they'll get it to work. You know, so our product has a huge use there. So we're trying to push a lot more into the ag market. And, you know, we're finding a lot of acceptance. I mean, people are like, yeah, that thing really does work well. I mean, we know that. We're just trying to communicate it out to our customers as, good, as effectively as we can. Hey, man, this thing works. It's like, you know, we're competitively priced. It works really well. You know, let's have a conversation. Let's, you know, call me and let's talk about it, man. It's like, I'm, you know, if I'm not the best solution for it, I'll tell you. I'm not a hardcore
0: salesman. It's like, I'm trying to help you out. Right. Right. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, Okay. So a last, we're, we're kind of coming into the ninth inning here. Uh, Last, last question for you. So um, what advice, so you're, I'm going to call you this, the, the old season veteran, right? You're coming back for your, (laughs) you're you're not, maybe not on your final round of your contract yet, but you know, you've got a couple of good contracts out in front of you. Takes a lot more stretching now. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, what advice, So you get, you know, I'll call them rookies, but you know, you've got maybe new business uh, owners, uh, business builders, some guys that have been, you know, just jumping into it over the last year or two years or so challenging time right now, especially Um, what kind of advice do you have kind of from your position um, in, in the game?
1: Yeah. that's uh it's an interesting question, you know, cause actually ironically, it's like I've had a, you know, a high school senior shadowing me for the last couple of weeks. And so I told my kids are like, you know, what, what are you talking to Danny about all the time? Like it would drive you guys crazy, but I'm like, I'm basically sharing all of my like advice as a, you know, as a, as a dad, as a father, as a leader, and as a business person all the time with this guy. And they're like, Oh God, that must be painful. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so what kind of advice do I share with them? A lot of it is like, okay, if you want in to get into business, if you want to start your own business, you probably ought to go work for somebody else for a little while. Somebody in that industry, somebody well running a good business, because I, I reflect back on You know, the first company I worked for out of Chicago, worked for them for 10 years and it was a well-run company. We ran into problems, you know, like everybody does, but it was a well-run company. I find myself reflecting upon those lessons all the time and, you know, sure, I'm running my own enterprise now and have been for like 12 years and it's not all easy, you know, but I I always reflect back on those learnings. So I say, you know, work for somebody else for a while and, you know, network and surround yourself with good people. You know, when I was uh when I've been working in the drum industry, you know, ran into one guy like Andy Deutsch, you know, Fangled Tech, and he's really good, smart guy. So we work together and we've been working on a lot of these marketing programs together. So it's like get some industry experience. You don't you know, you're probably not going to like become Mark Cuban, you know, the day that you walk out of college. Right. Right. <laughs> it just I'd love if it did sometimes, but it just doesn't work like that. You know, you got to you got to pay your dues, you got to learn, you know, it's just all right. part of learning and growing some experience. I mean, when I hire people, you know, I look for people, what I call it, you know, it's like you've been drugged behind the bus for a while. <laughs> I mean, I have, Great you know, praise. Yeah. yeah. I have, and I know what lessons it taught me, you know, and I've learned a lot of those lessons, and I look for people that have learned those lessons. I've done hard stuff, man. I mean, my worst job ever, growing up in Iowa, I walked beans
0: once. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Don't even bring that. Do you uh, detassel as well? No. No, I was smart enough to avoid (laughs) detasseling. I did did both of those. Yeah. I walked
1: beans for a dollar an hour. Oh.
0: Oh, man, you had it. That was a that good was, gig. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were on the 50 cent train, was, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, but I, I did those hard jobs and it's like, yeah. man, it's like we, and then we would, you know, my buddy and I, like we go to Des Moines, you know, that right. weekend and we would drive around the nice parts of town. It's like, yeah. this is why we're working hard, buddy. Yep. Is why we're doing it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that's good. I think, um, you know, to kind of relate it, every, you, you, almost every good ball player has got to put a little bit of time in the minors, right? Yeah. You, you oh, got to make sure. you, you got to ride the bus a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. or, or, as you say, get dragged behind yeah. the bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Riding like in the bus. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's a lot more comfortable <laughs> than getting pulled behind it. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, that's great. Well, Phil, thank you so much uh, for joining us today and being on the show. Really appreciate it. It's yeah. been great to have you.
1: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I love sharing this stuff. Yeah. Good, hopefully, good. hopefully, it was worthwhile for somebody.
0: Yeah. No, I think it will be. All right. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us today. If you have uh, found this podcast interesting, of course, we would love for you to share it, review it, and of course, subscribe. Running the bases with small businesses is brought to you by 38 Digital Market, a digital marketing agency committed to client growth with lead generation, higher conversions, and increased sales. Connect with us today at 38digitalmarket.com.